Hello. Hello. You're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where you take a great pop music album and break it down track by track. So do take a chance on us because on the turntable this week, we've got Aberesque by Erasure. Does your mother know that we're talking about ABBA in a way again on Track by Track this week? She does, and she's a big fan of ABBA, not of Track by Track. <laughs> no, she hates it, actually. She really doesn't yeah. like me for some reason. I can't think why. No, it just really escapes me, but oh well, I'll live. As long as my mother likes me, um, I don't care. <laughs> she doesn't, actually. But, she had a word. <laughs> oh, Oh, really? Okay. Hmm. Now, Dan, this is a very special episode. In It's a lot shorter than usual, for a start. And yeah. also... We are going to be joined by Andy Bell once again on Track by Track. Yes, if you can remember back to when we talked about the fantastic new album, The Neon. Well, it was new about a year and a half ago. Andy took us Track by Track through that. And we couldn't resist coaxing him out again to talk about two of our favourite things uh, smashing together. No, it's not salted caramel and peanut butter. It oh, is... I do like that. Oh, absolute heaven. Uh, we're talking about ABBA meets Erasure. And ABBA-esque is turning... In fact, well, you've not even said to me why we're talking about it this week. I'm going to tell you anyway. This EP turns 30. Tomorrow, if you're listening on day of general release... Uh, yeah, so it was released on the 1st of June, 1992. Uh, it was an EP, hence the shorter episode. But we don't want to let a short episode put us off doing something fantastic that we know our listeners are going to love. And it gives us another excuse to talk to a pop star. Yeah, that's the main thing, right? <laughs> our own personal gratification. And that's lovely. So, shall we go over to ourselves chatting to Andy Bell, who was on holiday, actually, and took the time to talk to us from Mallorca about Aberesk. And it's a big welcome back to Track by Track to Andy Bell. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. And we're here today to celebrate 30 years of ABBA-esque. Now, right. does it feel like 30 years or does it feel like yesterday? It, yeah, it doesn't feel like 30 years at all. It's like when I, you know, uh, when I saw, oh yeah, that's 1992, to me that feels like yesterday. So, <laughs> I mean, 30 years seems like an eon. And um, yeah, I just, I can't believe it really, how time flies so fast. And, you know, I don't know, because we don't have family or children, you don't really see that, the timeline, so. And we were just saying before we started the recording proper, uh, that it's probably about a year and a half ago since we spoke last when we were talking track by track through the neon. Yeah. Uh, does it feel that long as well since the release of that? I mean, we're talking about much older uh, uh, release well, now. Uh, but yeah, even that seems like a while ago already. So, you know, this, the, uh, the ABBA thing, even though it's kind of very current uh, because of the show and everything coming up, it's, uh, I don't know, it's kind of hard for me to 
actually tie each track down and stuff because I know we were in Amsterdam when we did the recording because Vince was living there. So it was kind of quite, uh, I mean, I think, you know, Erasure had kind of done really well up till then. I think it was kind of, not that we were resting on our laurels, but we were kind of celebrating, you know, and we, um, yeah, I think we were just having fun doing it, you know, it was just like one of those kind of, Vince said it was very throwaway. <laughs> I think maybe I was a bit more serious about it, but I, I, we, I mean, we just had fun doing it because there was no pressure, you know, with writing and all that stuff. Yeah, and of course it came straight after, just really mere weeks after the last single from Chorus, which in itself was a huge success. Yeah. Um, but yeah, was it, it must have been a strange experience for you as the predominant lyricist to be delivering these songs that actually you didn't write yourself. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of, uh, you know, uh, people always say lyricists, but, you know, I, I, I do do the top lines as well, but it's kind of, um, I mean, chorus was something as well that wrote itself, I say, you know, especially the song chorus, you know, and maybe I, maybe Love to Hate You. I mean, they were also recorded in Amsterdam. You've, you've jogged my memory now. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, it was a continuation of that, I suppose. And uh, I'm not sure if, if, if we, we had done the Phantasmagorical tour yet. No, because, because we celebrated the Abbott EP on the Phantasmagorical tour. So, uh, yeah, it was, I mean, kind of, I was threatening to Vince of, that we should do an album of ABBA which in hindsight, I'm really glad that we didn't because four tracks was enough to bury us. You know? <laughs> and, uh, and it took a long time to, to re-establish ourselves. Yeah. Uh. And before we get too, too deeply into the, into the songs themselves, yeah. I, I guess going right back, uh, ABBA themselves, I mean, what were your first memories and experiences of listening to ABBA? Goodness. Um, I, I, well, really, I think... Um, being in school, in a senior school, you know, it was kind of like me and my best friend, we were, uh, um, you know, we kind of, our relationship was evolved through music. So we listened to Kate Bush, all of her releases, uh, ELO um, and, and ABBA. It was kind of one of those, those things where you, where you couldn't wait till the album came out and then you'd learn the lyrics off by heart just by repeated listens. And so I remember kind of that particularly happened with Voulez-Vous, the album. And that was kind of like their breakout, uh, well, disco album, I suppose. But yeah, I don't know. It was just for me, it was kind of um, their production and their sense of, of um, harmony and melody. I knew that Breeder was the, the alto or the bass singer. And so you, I kind of tended to go more for for her songs, you know, or for her lead performances, like on Visitors and stuff like that. So I, I, I don't even remember seeing them on Eurovision Song Contest or anything, but they kind of um, infiltrated um, through, I suppose, like SOS. And, um, you know, I went more for the melancholy, like Knowing Me, Knowing You, and they kind of they they had they seemed to have a bit more depth to them, you know. Even though I enjoyed the kind of up tempo songs, I I don't know. It, it was something that kind of it was a slow seduction, you know. Hmm. 
Uh, and you mentioned the word melancholy there, which is a word often kind of described with the music of ABBA and kind of real Scandi pop and what we now would probably call a sad banger. But also you can hear that in your songwriting as well. How much, when you first started songwriting, how much of an influence were ABBA? Were you trying to write like ABBA or was it just a natural? Um, I don't think we ever tried to write like ABBA, but I think because maybe I'd gone to a cathedral school and, you know, um, I don't know. I mean, I loved with my parents' music. I loved, I suppose it's kind of gospel with Elvis and and the Ronettes, uh, Phil Spector. And, you know, they had lots of country and Western. So um, I don't know. I kind of liked that more kind of like a pure sound. I don't know. It was very clean. You know, and they got, they kind of got criticised for being so white, I suppose. I don't know. But hmm. to me, I kind of just alluded to that sound. You know, it's kind of, um, I remember, you know, I used to sing outside on the pavement where we lived, you know, and one time, I don't know if I told you this before, but the gospel bus came by from the from the actual gospel choir in Peaceborough, and they stopped and they were like listening to me singing and they said like, oh, would you, would you come with us and we can like do, so you can come sing with us. And I thought, oh no, I'm too scared, you know, and I never did it. And I, I often think if I'd have done that, what my voice would sound like now. But um, yeah, I just kind of, to me, it was, I think part of, although I didn't end up being in the cathedral choir, I think I just, I loved the hymns in school, even though I wasn't religious, you know, I just loved the kind of feeling of this salvation, I suppose, or, and to me, you know, it, when you're a singer, you always have this pathos and this yearning. And to me, that's what they had in their voice, even though it was kind of sometimes clinical. I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know why, why it appealed to me. Maybe it's just Nordic DNA or something. I don't know. I think Bjorn says that a lot, though. He, he'll often say in an interview he doesn't understand yeah. why ABBA are so successful still. Yeah, uh, he can't put his finger on it. So I suppose, how can we expect to put our fingers on it? No, we don't know. We we, we, we have the same birthday, me and Bjorn. Oh, I wow. don't know if that counts. Uh, and not not too long after uh, this came out, we then had Abergold, uh, and then not long after that, we had Muriel's wedding. Do you think how big this was? Do you think that played a part in in Abba's resurgence? Uh, um, for me. For me, I just feel like probably it was just a zeitgeist thing and it was all bubbling under and maybe it was just the same thing of, of just being an, an open person that you, but I just felt like it wasn't like whether it was divine timing or whatever, but I just felt like I just had to do it to explicate it or get this thing out of my system of their songs and because you know, we've done them live and I already enjoyed singing them live and yeah we just for me I just had to do it it was like one of those things where it was already in there and it had to let loose you know and uh, I think it was just the right it came out right at the right time and then all of a sudden there was just this explosion which I think would have occurred anyway well we like to think that Aberesque played a big part in that that's the story we're sticking with thank you um <laughs> and um was there any sort of pushback or was did anyone think that this was a bit of a risk because ABBA had not exactly disappeared, but because they were yeah. what we know them to be now? I don't know. I mean, for me, I kind of always saw them as singer-songwriters. 
you know, and I thought they were really good songs. And it same with like Beatles or Rolling Stones or Human League, you know, and I thought they were really good songwriters. And it wasn't because I wanted to say, oh, here, here, world, here's Abba. It was just like, I just loved the songs and that was it, you know, and we, it was the same, you know, with Vince, like with other people's songs, you know, he chose two and I chose two. So I chose Lay All Your Love On Me and uh, not Take A Chance On Me, Vive Vu, and he chose Take A Chance On Me and SOS, which I never would have chosen. Wow. You know, so it's kind of, um, yeah, so it's kind of in, always in those circumstances when it's something that you would never choose yourself, I think that I think you're stretching yourself by doing it because because it's not obvious. So yeah, we just did them, and it was kind of. Um, I, I think one thing maybe not. I don't regret it, but I remember one time Benny or Bjorn saying, "Oh, I wish they hadn't have dressed up like the girls because it was kind of taking the piss <laughs> out of them." It wasn't for us, you know. We'd always done drag before. But, but in some ways, I you know I didn't in any way mean to be disrespectful to the to the ladies at all because me they are Abba, you know we kind of it was we just did this on a whim really we just thought it would be a good idea, and just to kind of like do an identical version of the video, you know and it wasn't we weren't we weren't thinking we were being arty or anything we were just having fun, you know. <laughs> Well, let's get stuck in and talk a bit about each of the tracks. Uh, uh, kicking off with the first one, uh, which is Lay All Your Love On Me. But now it isn't true. Lay all your love on me. Was this always going to be the opener, uh, or was it something that was in juggled around with a little bit? To me, it was like a choir boy's dream to do that song, you know. And that's why I loved doing the intro, just coming out straight away with vocals like it was a choir already, uh, which they have as well. But theirs is more when the chorus comes in, you know. So, so we kind of laid it out already, you know. But. Um, yeah, I just love, I just love the energy, and to me, it's um, you know uh, the band Army of Lovers. They kind of yeah. copied that um, uh, "Crucified," the song "Crucified." To me, it's kind of like that same. It's got this sort of semi-religious aspect to it, um, but at the same time, it's, I mean, it's really uplifting and grandiose. And uh, I mean, to me, it was a no-brainer to do that song. Completely agree. Yeah, Crucified. That's a that's a fantastic track, Crucified. And I think, similarly to this, the your version there's an urgency to it as well that's very well suited yeah. to to gay clubs to, to yeah. dance music. And for me, it feels like the most erasure in terms of the production. I guess was yeah. that intentional with that being the first track to kind of bring those two very closely. Well, to be honest, I, I, I do, I feel like that's very Vince. You know, that's really Vince. He's kind of got his trademark on it. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, I don't fully understand when Vince is working on something. I, I hear like, oh, you know, <laughs> and then it's only, when it, it's only when it kind of comes into the production and 
in the mixing and stuff when I go like, oh, 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 okay, that's what that was for. You know, because it's that, in the beginning, that, you know, so just for the intro of the song. And, um, you know, sometimes I think it's quite percussive and sort of a bit jangly. But then when I hear it, it just, as you say, it has this driving force behind it. You know, and um, it's funny how now when I've heard, when I hear, I've heard the new version of Voulez-Vous by ABBA for the intro to their new show, the video, it sounds more like the erasure version of Voulez-Vous than their original version, just with tweaks, you know? Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. Look, yeah, very excited for the show. Um. (laughs) And also with Lay All Your Love On Me, I think as well, just the original, the ABBA version of this, this was them really leaning into synthesizers and synth pop. Yes. It almost feels like that potentially is their most erasure sounding song as well. Probably, yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but that's, that's probably true. And also, I think it was one of their songs that really lent itself to 12 inch, to a 12 inch mix. Yeah. Uh, but that was post Voulez wasn't it? They all love on me, but who knows when it was written, you know, in their um, time frame. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to track two then, SOS. So SOS there, we talked before about melancholy pop and sad yeah. bangers. This has the got to be one bangers. of the ultimate sad bangers. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I mean, I mean, for me, it's kind of, it's a bit like uh, SOS. I can, feel, I can feel Amsterdam in that song a bit, you know, because it's kind of, it reminds me of, um, I mean, we had done the video to Am I Right in Amsterdam. So, but I can sort of like feel this, Again, as you said, this melancholiness of, of um, SOS. But I mean, I wouldn't have chosen it, but I didn't realise how sad it was in the first place. You yeah. know, when you hear there, because I mean, even that piano intro is quite sad, and that sort of like, and still, it and it and it sounds like in the breakup song, which I never, I didn't even, I didn't dissect the song at all. You know, I didn't like look into thinking like oh what's this song about it's kind of you just hear their melody and just try and interpret it in your own way uh and but not realizing that it's so sad you know and i think with vince he's kind of like he's got this intro this sort it, it has these detuned tubular bells in the beginning and already that gives a sadness because it's like the bells aren't quite in tune so they're sort of a bit sad <laughs> do you know what i mean it's like yeah peeling out and they're sort of they're sort of quite sad because they're a bit broken the bells interesting i'm gonna as soon as we end, end this record i'm gonna listen to that in a whole new way and really hear yeah, those I, bells i think yeah i mean again as well on the chorus it's just you know they've got this song it's kind of not i wouldn't say trundling along but it's kind of like a diary and then the talk, the chorus drops in and all of a sudden it's just this like massive out of nowhere chorus without being bombastic yeah and i think erasure is kind of more bombastic than they are intentionally you know but they're kind of 
I think because of their musical background and they had hair and stuff like that, that they, to, it's like a natural thing for them, you know? Because they, they came through the stage and doing their, uh, having worked, you know, already in, uh, with Philharmonics and um, folk groups and all sorts, you know, they had a huge history before they even became ABBA, you know? Definitely. And one thing I can't shake the the memory of now is uh, Piers Brosnan uh, in Mamma Mia. And <laughs> all right, have you have you watched the films? And what do you think of this version in the films? If you have, um, I've only seen it. I've only seen it in parts. I have to admit because I I can't sort of bring myself around to like watch the whole <laughs> thing, you know. And uh, but I was I was kind of quite amazed, like. You know, with somebody like Meryl Streep or or Julie Walters, of of how you know, with an actor, you know, I mean, some actors have really really beautiful voices, but I would say like being kind of a, not a natural singer, but kind of them that just how they kind of shape the words and things, mm. like not necessarily singing it, but they kind of place it somehow, and that was really interesting for me to see that how they do it, you know, um, and how they and how they create a song out of dialogue, you know? Interesting, yeah. They they act the song rather than sing the song almost. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's move on now to the third track. Uh, take a chance on me. That Take a Chance on Me is really difficult. It's a really difficult song to do. And, um, uh, you know, we did try the backing vocals of Take a Chance, 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 Take a Chance. But it didn't work because we hadn't got the rhythmic, I hadn't got the rhythmic. Um, I couldn't get it, I couldn't get it all gelling together. You know, it doesn't matter how much you can move it around on digital tape, whatever. But I thought, wow, how they did that. It must have taken them forever to do that because it's kind of a percussive backdrive to the song. I don't know, one of those songs, it's, I mean, I remember when I first heard it on the radio, and it was, um, they'd also had, I think, I'm probably getting mixed up, but it reminds me a lot of Does Your Mother Know? Yeah. Of their song, because it's got this like sort of thing. Um, but I just remember when it when it when you first heard it on the radio, it was just like wow, you know, because you'd heard ABBA before. That was kind of um, that was from ABBA the album, wasn't it? Take a chance on me. I, I can't remember. Think... And they name of the game, and I think so. I'm not sure, but anyway, this uh, take a chance on me. Uh, it's just like immediate. As soon as you hear it, you know, like sonically on the radio then it was with the with the voices it was just incredible it was just like wow it's kind of i know that abba a huge fan of they were huge fans of the beach boys and like mamas and papas and you can sort of like hear this 
vocal finesse you know had the way they it's like when they when they came on to do the visitors i always call that their last album but it was their penultimate one i mean the production is amazing you know especially on the visitors and i think with with take a chance on me that was kind of like a lead into this new production mm. they were doing and it was a, the dynamics of the vocals and how things were soloed and grouped together it was just it was really dynamic it was like something that you i hadn't heard on radio before apart from punk <laughs> yeah <laughs> and this one's very different as well because this one has the inclusion of mc kinky so almost a, a yes. different element to the song how how did yeah. it, how did that collaboration come about and also what was it that made you decide to want to alter it to that degree um well already i loved karen i was a fan of karen's from um from jesus loves you you know with boy george but she yeah she rapped and i just really enjoyed her yeah i really enjoyed what she was doing you know and i thought it was we just thought why not let's get mc kinky and uh put her in the middle you know we didn't i didn't really know what she was singing about but it was again it was taken from the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, you know, and it was about leaving a message on the answer machine. And it's kind of like, we had to get it cleared by, by ABBA Publishing. And I thought like, God knows how they know what the lyrics are because I don't have a <laughs> so, But they passed it and it was, um, I think it was kind of a, a stroke of genius really that we did it. Because I don't think the song on its own would have sold itself. I think it's my favorite it's my favorite one of these of these songs for this very reason because it's really unexpected it's also you know the way the rap is delivered it's very much of the early 90s as well and yeah. it just it just so really stands out as something really different and a bit of an experiment in can we pull this off yeah i mean on um, on the uh... Fantastic Oracle tour afterwards, you know, we did the uh, ABBA four tracks as a, as a segment of the show, but now I wouldn't dare go near it, you know, to, do, oh, wow. to take, take a chance on me because it's it literally, it's, we, we were flooded, our career got flooded by doing it. You know, so it's kind of like you almost can't do it because it's, because the reaction to ABBA is so great that it swamps yeah. you, you know? So you, you kind of can't, you have to be careful. And I don't know if you've had the pleasure of seeing Bjorn again in concert. I've seen him more time. times. <laughs> yeah, I saw her with, with Kirsty McCall. Oh, really? Me and her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Um, when I've seen them, which is a few times over the last few years, they they um, go in, they start with the other version of Take a Chance on Me, and then yeah. they move it into the Erasure version. Was it the same when you saw them? Oh, okay. Right. No, I mean, I did, I mean, when, when I first saw them, I thought like, uh, when they did the Abbott SKP, you know, I thought like, oh no, that's a bit sort of cheesy and stuff, you know. But then when I heard it, I was just like, wow, you know, they did a really good job, especially with like Stop and how they made them. They formed them in, a, in, a, in an Abba way, you know, and I thought that was really yeah. cool. Yeah, that was uh, erasure, well, erasure, erasure-ish, erasure-ish, wasn't it? Erasure-ish, yeah. <laughs> their comeback. Or-ish, their... yeah. Or-ish. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then, so let's move on. Then, the last track on the EP, this is going to be our shortest episode ever. Yeah. This is Voulez-Vous. <laughs> Keeping up. 
Voulez-vous voulez-vous coucher avec moi? No, it was a... Voulez-vous... I mean, to me, that was kind of the most frenetic of, of our songs. Voulez-vous, you know, and it's kind of like... And I loved that they, that they came into this disco kind of era. It was like... I don't know if that was post-Greece. Was that post-Greece, the movie? Because they had... Because it was like... Or maybe it was the same time, 77 or 76? No, that was after that, wasn't it? You could hear that um, uh, BG production. Yeah, you know what I mean. For sure. You can hear that. Yeah, you can hear that disco BG production. It's and, pure um, disco. Yeah, and I just, I just loved it that the girls were kind of so. It's almost like they came out. You know, it's like all of yeah. a sudden they were sexy and they were wearing these unitards and, um, you know, I didn't want to be them. <laughs> But you still, I still found, find it really sexy. Uh, even with being a gay man, it was like oh, they were like, "Wow!" You know, it's like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, for sure." And this on the on the EP, this for me feels like the most transformed. The music of this one compared to the original feels the most transformed. It's almost yeah. ravey. It's almost yes. eight bit. Was you yeah. did you and Vince talk about how far you can push? Or move well, away from the other sound. We didn't talk about it, but when I first heard that middle eight riff of him going in the middle, I was like, "Wow, this is this is like something else, you know, that we hadn't done really." Maybe that's kind of related to chorus, the the intro and stuff on there. But uh, yeah, to me, it was kind of uh, as I said. You, to me, you can kind of hear Eurasian ness in there in their new version but um i mean it was quite slutty as well <laughs> <laughs> it's what did you did you say this is one of the ones you chose it was one of the ones i chose yeah but i just love that um as well that frenetic because it's set in the disco and it's straight away people everywhere sense of expectation hanging in the air it's like that's that's what it's like being in the gay club or what it was then there where you kind of you're hanging on the wall and you're kind of like you you're quite nervous and you don't know quite quite what to do but there's all these people like on the dance floor already sweating <laughs> yeah this uh, it's an all-time upper favorite for me this one it's, it's, yeah. it's funny as well that's uh, one thing um i, I saw because i do buy other things every now and then you know and they they had they've got the walmart greatest hits collection of ABBA in america and the first four tracks on there i take a chance on me SOS, voulez-vous, and lay all your love on me. And I was like, yay! <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. And is this, as we come towards the end of this uh, this album, uh, is this, are you done with ABBA now? Could you see anything in the future? Um, I can't see anything in the future unless it's a duet. Wow. Oh. That would be There's amazing. Well, I don't know if you've seen, Benny has just featured on a new track by James Wrighton. Uh, I saw that. I haven't heard it yet, but I thought that when good. I saw that, I was like, wow, well, at least they're open to like, doing things, mm. you know? Yeah. My word, Erasure and, and Abba, that would be the absolute dream, wouldn't it? <laughs> that would be a dream. And we have, yeah. we have to ask as well, of course, you mentioned there is a new album, Abba Voyage. As a lifelong yeah. Abba fan, what were your yeah. thoughts on that? Um, what I mean, I thought it was very strange, like really strange. Um, but I think for them, it's kind of like really apt. It seems of now for them, and yeah. um, you can hear the maturity. 
and you can hear that they haven't been together for 40 years or whatever but then you know so, uh, something like what was the last song Ode to Peace or Ode to Love or Ode to Freedom Ode to Freedom I thought was fantastic really fantastic yeah. I mean, it seems like it's based on a classical piece but then again it's Frida you know she's seduced me with her voice but again you know something like um, you know I mentioned to Vince the song Bumblebee it's so like left field and then yeah. you, and I think like who else can write a song with mentioning all the flowers and then you put the word chrysanthemum in there <laughs> 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 or like the most oddest flowers that you can pick but I think well, they're, they're probably alpine flowers that we don't know <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us to talk. You're welcome. Thank you, guys. And uh, we look forward to uh, catching up with you again next time. Was the big anniversary? Brilliant. Viva Abba, Viva Erasure. Hundred percent. Yes. Well, we certainly certainly had a giggle catching up with Andy Bell, uh, the the legend that is Andy Bell, to talk about Abba esque. Uh, and I, as ever, loved hearing. He's got so many stories to tell, uh, and so many memories from such a rich career. And this is another wonderful chapter of it. I mean, Viva Erasure, Viva Abba, yeah, but also Viva Andy Bell. What a man! And I just love that idea about an ABBA and Erasure collaboration. I just can't get it out of my head ever since we 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 had the conversation with him. There's absolutely no reason why it can't happen. And also, I mean, I I was I'll be honest with you, I was hoping for a yes to the ABBA-esque two question, but an an ABBA Erasure get together would be even better. And also, uh, just something we didn't talk about uh, when we were talking to Andy, uh, as it's more of a bonus track, but. If you wanted a fifth Erasure Does ABBA, Gimme, Gimme, Gimme is also uh, on streaming services as part of the ABBA-esque EP. Yeah, so that was released as the B-side to Olamore a good few years before abba came out uh, and then was released on digital just for the, uh, for the ABBA-esque EP. But there's five ABBA covers there from Erasure. They've, I think they've done some different ones maybe in early live sets as well, but... Who knows? I mean, I'm not going to say we're definitely not going to get any more because at one point we thought we'd never get a new ABBA. And that was like the ultimate sacred cow, wasn't it? And look mm. and look where we are. Uh, we're on our way to see ABBA Voyage very, very soon now, if you're listening at time of release recording. I know we've seen it. Have we seen it? We've seen it. <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> Oh, I don't... Oh, it was fabulous. <laughs> Absolutely incredible what they did with those avatars. Yeah. Uh, I just wish wish you hadn't got wa- uh, white wine wasted again, uh, like you did at Mamma of the Party. Uh, Sorry. When you knocked the plug out and Bjorn disappeared <laughs> off stage, it really was a bit awkward. But I did take his place, so all was forgiven, I think. <laughs> just me on stage, strumming uh... along. Uh, so let us know what you think about Abaresque and uh, Erasure doing Abba uh, and Erasure in general. Uh, one of our big uh, artists that we absolutely love alongside Abba and many, many, many others at Trap by Track UK. And if you are listening to this on Patreon on early release, and thank you very much for supporting the podcast, 
please do continue to do so. There are many more exclusive episodes coming your way and votes and new series. It's all happening on Patreon. So, until next time. I've been MC Kinky. Oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> and I've been Pierce Brosnan. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.